Welcome to the Fairview Baptist Church Discipleship Podcast. This is a resource designed to help the covenant members of Fairview Baptist Church carry out our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Joshua Johnston. Today I'm joined once again by TJ and Amber. Welcome. Hey. Good to be here. Over the last several weeks, uh, we've been going through a book titled The Disciple-Making Parent by Chap Pettis, and this week is a very interesting topic, and it's one that I know uh, is really important to you. Uh, It addresses pleasing God with media and the arts. And so, uh, right off the bat, Amber, uh, is media and social media and the arts evil? (laughs) Why do you give me these questions? (laughs) Um, I don't really know how to answer that. I feel like um, those things are amoral, but how we use them determines morality. So, curious what you think. Well, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I would say that God has, uh, by His grace, uh, gifted us uh, the capacity to be creative. Uh, And so I would say media and entertainment, conceptually, is a good thing. Like, it's a blessing from God to be enjoyed and to be used to glorify Him. Now, at the same time, I recognize uh, with a sinful man utilizing the creative juices, uh, oftentimes what's produced are things that aren't edifying, aren't helpful, uh, but actually the other way, harmful. And so I think that there is media and arts out there that glorifies God uh, and is used to edify believers. I think there's some that's not so much, but uh, doesn't necessarily portray things that are unbiblical or against God's Word. And so, like, I think we can appreciate uh, the capacity that um, men and women display through that. And then I, I think there's the other stuff that uh, is clearly dishonoring to God and, and unhelpful. And, uh, and so anyways, we're going to get into talking about stuff like that. Now, one of the things that Bettis addresses um, when it comes to media and entertainment is the sheer quantity that children engage in. In fact, he referenced a study that revealed that teens often engage into up to nine hours of media per day, and that's outside of texting, school, and homework. So that's pretty alarming. And then Furthermore, uh, if multitasking is taken into account, that number can jump to 11 hours per day. And and all of this was in a study that was conducted before COVID. And so my suspicion is that that number has only grown. And so without a doubt, media is influencing our children. And if we're not careful, it will also shape their view of the family, peers, relationships, gender roles, sex, violence, and so on and so on. Now, TJ and Amber, uh, I know that you have some protective measures in place uh, in your home. Uh, will you share what those are and, and, and maybe more so why you put those things in place? Yeah, sure. We have uh, armed guards that sit in front of our kids' computers. Yeah, it took me a so, long time yeah. to even get into your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm obviously joking. But, uh, yeah, we've, we've deliberately put some... Uh, I'll go back to my cybersecurity days, physical and electronic control measures in place to help protect our kids. Uh, and the physical ones are obviously a little bit more practical. We don't, uh, you know, we don't allow phones uh, and electronics in bedrooms with door shuts, with door shut. And uh, we also uh, recognize, to your point, that, yeah, you know, it's real easy to... Um, 
spend a lot of time on devices and uh, there's an appropriate amount of rest that we schedule in uh, to our days. So Sundays are no electronic days. Uh, after dinners, no electronic time uh, just to try to help with that. Um, along the lines of the physical setup of things, uh, very deliberate about you know not having things in rooms, but then also even in my own home office. Uh, I've arranged it in a way that uh, it's very open. Um, my screen doesn't it is positioned in such a way that anybody that walks by the room can see what's going on on my screen. And um, I've even talked to the kids about that. They've asked, Dad, why is your computer like that? I'm like, well, because I want you guys to be able to see what I'm doing at all uh, all times. Because um, I want to be transparent and honest. And uh, um, I think it, it, it goes a long way to building trust with them. Um, as far as electronic controls go, uh, we do, you know... Um, lock down their systems pretty tight as far as uh, the kids can't just go to any website. I filter traffic as it comes into the house. Um, Amber will probably lovingly joke at my dirtiness when it comes to this stuff. But, um, you know, ultimately we understand, hey, you know, the issue here is we want to uh, change their hearts and help them make good choices. But at the same time, I, I feel like we have an obligation as parents to take those measures to help them rest from their electronics Um to limit the, the uh, amount of time they're on them and then uh, help them understand that it's no holds barred when it comes to electronics. Their devices are not theirs. My devices, they're welcome to look at. Um, and we just try to maintain that openness and transparency. So, yeah, Those are good. Um, we've also put um, a plan in place should they ever come across something that's inappropriate um, there to either, if it's can be shut, they just shut it immediately and hand it to an adult, or if they can't shut it, they just flip it over and hand it to um, a trusted adult who will remove it for them. And then, you know, we'll we'll talk about those things later. Um, because sometimes, and what we try to tell our kids to when it comes to the internet, is they may have great intentions, but there is an evil that lurks behind the screen. And their um, studies show they're, they are trying to hook kids the younger, the more money they make yeah. um, because it, pr- it produces a, a longer addictive pattern. And so for us, we try to be really intentional about telling our kids, hey, it's not necessarily you I don't trust. It's the people behind the screen that you're not aware of that I don't trust. Um, and I know that, that that's gone a long way with our kids when I do take their phone and I sit beside them and I read text messages or kind of see what they're doing just to really go, hey, it's not about you, but I as your mom um, want to be able to look through this because I might be able to, to spot things that that you don't see and it's my job to protect you. Um, and I am more at peace with you being angry at me than me not doing my job and creating a bigger issue later. So I'd, I'd rather them be angry with me than me feel guilty. Well, I was going to say too, I mean, we've even had just very practical conversations as a privacy advocate and electronic privacy advocate. We've had just really, you know, uh, discussions about things that are not necessarily evil or sinful in nature, but just helping them understand the landscape of technology and helping them understand that, hey, uh, you should have the ability to decide uh, what information you're even putting out there and how you're doing that. But we do that by discussing with them 
topics like app downloads and, you know, even games. Like, is this a good thing for you to download? Not necessarily even in a spiritual sense, but look at it and see what is that app developer collecting about you? What are the, what's the data that you're giving? And just trying to help them think through um, all those little different nuances when it comes to their electronic uh, interactions. So. I think the only, the only other thing I would add is um, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says that people who conceal their sin will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Um, and so our rule is that if they confess something wrong to us, their discipline will look very different than if we find out some other way. And for me, I know when I've sinned and I go to God and I confess that sin, I expect to receive mercy and forgiveness. And for our kids, we want to create that atmosphere that if they come to us because they have felt convicted, I don't want to usurp the Holy Spirit's convictive power in their life by making them feel more guilty. And so... You, if discipline needs to happen, it will happen. But for the majority of that conversation, they're met with mercy and forgiveness because that's exactly what Christ tells us to do. And when I was a teenager, I remember coming across um, things that I shouldn't see totally by accident and told it to my mom because, you know, it just made me feel so icky. And her response um, was gracious and merciful. And what it did was it helped me to appreciate the value of conviction. Um, but it also, again, it just strengthened that relationship where I knew I could go to her and she was going to help me through it, not necessarily make me feel ashamed that it happened because sometimes things happen that kids can't control. I like what you said there because our power in parenting is often found in our response, right? And that response will either drive connection or the opposite disconnection. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. You know, for for our family, our, our girls are are older than than your kids, and um, we we've at times uh, implemented very similar measures where we've uh, utilized a um, an application or something like that in order to to help safeguard our homes. Uh, um, Covenant Eyes is one that we've used for about a decade now, and I actually used it for for myself uh, in the army, uh, in a discipleship group, and uh, you know amongst men in general. Um, but I would say it's probably even more so elevated in the military. You know, pornography, pornography is such a uh, a major issue, and so all of the guys in the group, um, we, we all got accounts, and to the most part, all of the guys found another guy to be their accountability partner. Um, one of those things I was really convicted of at that point, though, was to make my wife my accountability partner, and um, you know, it kind of gets into the why of do things like this. Like, I think if you're not careful, you could just say, well, out of legalistic tendencies, you do it, or um, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna cut off, you know, my my, my hand so I don't sin or something like that. Um, but you know, part of the motivation was, well, one, I want to honor God. Um, Two, I want to honor my wife, and I want her to never have to wonder, you know, is he part of the percentage? Um, and then, you know, three, it's the other end. It's the, the people that are being implicated on the other side. And, um, and so, so anyways, uh, you know, we've utilized those types of measures. Sometimes it kind of ebbs and flows uh, when it comes to uh, time management applications and things like that. Uh, but I think ultimately we try to do it because... 
we wanted to make sure that uh, our home we were engaging in the things that would be helpful and we were um, at least limiting or um, pushing away the things that that might be harmful particularly harmful in uh, large quantities so now when it comes to things like movies and TV shows and music and and all the other arts uh, I think I've seen a couple of approaches. Uh, so, like one approach is you like completely isolate yourself uh, from anything related to media and entertainment and art in hopes of not being conformed to the world. And then the other approach that I often see is is where there are no limitations put on anything that someone consumes, and they simply say, "Well, everything is artistry, uh, and as a result, nothing is inappropriate." And so, Amber, uh, what is a biblical response when trying to make the right decisions uh, to engage in different forms of, of arts? I think it really boils down to your heart and what it desires, what it loves, and what it wants to worship. So Jesus said to be in the world but not of the world. Um, and I think that this is an area that should be no different, where you need to be able to engage people um, within the media and the arts. But at the same time, I don't think that you should be so engaged that they can't tell a difference in you. Um, and as a side point, I know that we've talked a lot about, um, electronics, um, but I think one area that we kind of overlook is, um, books Mm. too. So I think even with books and the reading material that's out there, um, just, you know, things that I've seen as a counselor, um, books can be just as dangerous. Um, music can be just as dangerous. There's a whole genre of music that, um, draws people in and, Music can also make them feel like they belong to a certain group, um, but their message is not constructive. And so I think it, it goes beyond what do you see on the screen, but what do you listen to? Um, what are you reading? And I think about um, the Casting Crown song, Slow Fade, where he talks about being careful what you see, what you listen to, what you, where you go, and what you say, because the, the fall never happens in a day. It happens over time. And so as we are engaging in the arts, we have to really be guarded about our motive and our desires because today it may not be that bad. But five years from now, if I'm not guarding um, what I'm allowing my my heart and my mind to think on, um, I, could, I could potentially be in a, a very devastating place in five years. I, I would add um, just the the response, right? Uh, we've actually, full disclosure here, this is the, the <laughs> real deal TJ and Amber confessions. No, um, you have no idea what I'm going to say. So no. uh, we've actually, as far as the response goes, I, I was thinking about that and thinking, what what does it drive me to think about in my response to whatever it is that I'm reading, viewing, watching, listening to, right? And I and what I was going to say is we've had times even where we're like, hey, let's find the next, you know, Netflix show or whatever. Someone said this is great. Let's watch it. And we'll pop it on and watch, watch it. And it's not horrible, but I wouldn't call it, you know, super spiritual. Um, and we've had conversations where we're like, you know... I just don't think we need to watch this, you know? And again, not that it's horrible, but it's just, where does it, where does it kind of 
what does it make you think about? Um, and for us, it was just, you know, I think both of us have said, yeah, I don't know, it just didn't leave me in a good spot. And it didn't, you know, so my response to that is, let's just get rid of it. It's not worth it. You know, find something different. So. I totally thought you were going to say that we, it, because we met on the internet. Oh, now you just opened up a whole can of worms. I'm not sure that we have time to to, to chase that. Um, You know, I I think that's, uh, you know, that's really, really good. And, you know, oftentimes I've seen like a dichotomy of uh, when it comes to trying to decide what things you can do, not so much what you can watch, you know, is there something in the Bible, you know, that that, that goes against? Is it unlawful? Uh, is it addictive or enslaving? Uh, is it harmful to yourself or someone else? And uh, you know, one thing I always add to that that particular list there is, does it glorify God? And I think if I ask myself that question more often, I think the um, the breadth of of uh, the genres of stuff that I engaged in, it would probably get much smaller, you know. Um, obviously, this is a discipleship podcast, and, you know, I'm reminded so often that uh, we're all being discipled. Even unbelievers are being discipled by something, and usually many, many things. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that when it comes to entertainment, um, what do you start reflecting? And if all of my jokes come from... Uh, a particular TV show that's my favorite, you know, <laughs> what does that say, you know, and is it, have I reached a point where that has become my master or, you know, that is, I'm the chief disciple of, of that particular uh, program or movie or book series or, or whatever it is. Well, TJ and Amber, uh, let's close this way. Help parents out. What are some very practical principles that parents can use to help uh, guide how they handle media and and arts in their homes? Throw out your TVs, flush your (laughs) cell phones. No, I'm kidding. Uh, You know, I I will say for me, I don't know if it gets much more practical than this. Uh, It's just talk. And I'm saying that, I think I say that a lot. I talk a lot about talking uh, because I just, that's just doesn't come natural to me. And um, thank God I have a wife that it does. But I've seen it now, you know, our kids are 10 and 12 and it's taken me a while, but I'm starting to see the, the fruit of that, that, yeah, as hard as it is, as uncomfortable as it is, Talk to your kids. Be willing to be vulnerable. Be willing to tell them when you're wrong and find those little teachable moments that you can correlate back to Scripture. Um, One of the most powerful times that I had with my son, we were watching a movie that was not a bad movie at all. Um, I didn't really consider it inappropriate, but there was one character in that movie that I was like, oh, I forgot. That's a little little questionable. And uh, I'll never forget, I... uh, was talking to him in and he said, yeah, he said, dad, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah, what's up, buddy? And he said, this character made me feel really uncomfortable. And I said, oh, I said, man, I got to be honest with you. I felt a little bit uncomfortable too. And uh, I'm sorry that I forgot, you know, that was in there and that, that we watched that. But I say that to say it was powerful because we, we had that dialogue and, and, and then we both were able to clear the air about it, clear the air about it. I was able to say prayers with them and, and move on from that. So very, very practical, but I just say 
talk. Yeah, and extend the bedtime by like 10 minutes. Well, yeah, that always happens. Everything happens well, no, at you, that you time. back the bedtimes up yeah. so then they still get to sleep at the same time. But Our just get in earlier. like 6 p.m. Yeah. Just, they actually get to bed at 8. Well, you know, uh, you know, similar type circumstance, um, you know. There was a show that, you know, through one of um, our tracking apps, uh, we, we saw that one of our, our kids who had started watching. And it's one that me and my wife had started watching as well. And we got, you know, a few episodes in and and there was stuff in it that just not, not really, it wasn't appropriate for us, definitely not appropriate for, for her. And uh, I remember seeing it and I was... We, we like never have to get on our kids about anything. And so uh, I, I just didn't want to, but I felt like I had to. And so, you know, I'm, I'm dreading it. We start talking and uh, I say, hey, I saw that you started watching this show. And I just want you to know, like, coming up, this will be present and this will be present and this will be present. And I just don't think that it's good. And she's like, oh, I don't doubt that it's in there because just in the first episode I saw this and I had to shut it off you know and you know it was one of those things like one the talk was a good talk and then two it was actually an opportunity for her to show her own maturity through that situation and, and again it just comes to talking having an open dialogue and and uh, maybe sometimes even assuming the best so yeah well um, TJ Will you pray for us? Absolutely. Dear Lord, I thank you so much uh, just for this opportunity to, to connect and, and, um, and talk and, and, and learn, Lord. I thank you so much that you've given us technology, you've given us art, you've given us electronics and things that can really um, make our lives better. And, uh, but, Lord, we acknowledge that uh, it can also do great harm if they're not uh viewed through uh the lens of your scripture and and god we just uh ask that as parents that you help us to have wisdom um help us to be led by your spirit to know how to interact with our kids help us to be bold and courageous when it comes to uh talking to them god and for all of my brothers and sisters in christ um at fairview god i pray that you just uh that they would just be encouraged that even if it's hard, even if it's tough, God, that they can um, can find uh, the courage to talk to their kids and dialogue. And um, I just pray uh, for the for the members there, God, that you just bless them and and uh, thank you so much again for this opportunity for your son in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, you've done good so far. Um, <laughs> Amber says I've asked you some tough questions, but I've got the toughest uh, saved for last. So here we go. If you could have anything named after you, what would it be? Food. Food. All food. I just, yeah. Good go Gordon Ramsay would name something, I'd be like, oh. You watch Gordon Ramsay? Yes, I do. We have to read it. It's not very. She watches it by herself. I would um, never watch that film. I don't watch TV. <laughs> he makes the risotto now. Yeah, I did learn how to make risotto. It's pretty good. What about you? I. Man, I don't. I don't know. Amber had ideas for what she thought I would be, but I knew she would say food. So I was gonna say that I wanted to be named after whatever her favorite food was. So every time she ate it, she'd have to think about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I have something really, really good. Okay. Uh, I want you guys to name your next kid after me. Thank you for joining me, and until next time, <laughs> Fairview. <laughs> 
May we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.